All right, our text is Matthew chapter 24, the days of Noah, Matthew chapter 24, and we'll start in verse 37. You know, we live in a day that's turmoil everywhere, and most of the people, at least in my age group, will say, I never thought I'd see this in America, and that's pretty well true. You, you just never thought it. Um, America's had its problems down through the years. I mean, back, we had a civil war, they fought over states' rights, and then uh, Mr. Lincoln, the uh, called the Great Emancipator, he's signed a thing, and then uh, Congress now, uh, I'm not pushing Democrats or Republicans right now, this is a Republican Congress actually at the time that uh, put in the 13th Amendment that uh, slave trade was out, you know, you didn't buy slaves any longer. The only people you can buy now are politicians, but, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's great, it's great that uh, over the years the Bible has had such a powerful impact on America, not only in the formation of our Constitution, but as things swept this country and it made changes. But you do have, introduced by Mr. Dewey years ago, a system of education that went across our country and is slowly eliminating God, the Bible, and so much more. You know, I'm not Catholic, but uh, I understand the symbolism of pulling down statues of Jesus. Now they can pull down statues, but they can't pull down Jesus, you see. So, but, but these are things that uh, say the trial of our faith may be more than just uh, saying people making fun of us. It may be something that costs us something. But the good thing about that, it shows the reality of our faith. Does our Action match our speech, and that's going to come out so much. Now, our text today, beginning with verse 37 in Matthew 24, this is Jesus preaching. I'm basically not preaching my sermon, I'm preaching his. So let's look at it. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of Noah, they uh, were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would not, uh, would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken in. Well, let's have a word of prayer. Fathers, we delve into your word this morning. Now I'm asking you to do a special work in our hearts. This is Jesus' message, Lord, that he gave in, in the word here. Just sometime before he's arrested and taken off to be tried and crucified. So something like knowing that within just a few days he's on a cross. He saw that this message was so important. 
And so, Lord, may we grasp what God is trying to say to us through his message today. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. For we as Christians, we're looking at the next thing. What I look forward to is not the uh, tribulation. I'm not going to be here for it, okay? But I do look forward to the rapture. And we should live as if it could be at any moment. The first church uh, back in the New Testament looked for the coming of Christ at any moment. And he could come at any moment. I don't believe there's anything that has to happen for Christ to come. Then after his coming, there is the, uh, after the rapture, should I say, there is the tribulation. The tribulation is a period of, in this history that well over half the world's population is destroyed. Murders, pestilence, lawlessness, so many things that go on during that time and multitudes are eliminated. And especially those that are converted to Christ. Will people be converted into Christ in the tribulation? I believe so. The Bible teaches that. However, those that in this life, this time right now in which we're living, you read through the books of uh, 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, but 2 Thessalonians, they that held the truth in unrighteousness. How did they hold the truth in unrighteousness? They knew they were lost. They heard the gospel. They knew they were headed to hell. They knew they needed a Savior. They heard the way of escape. But whether it's for the world's pleasure, for world acceptance, or for whatever else, they passed it up. And the rapture took place, and they were left behind. I don't know the day or the hour the Lord's going to rapture us. Neither does anyone who gets out there and tells you a specific day or time. That's happened down the last 200 years. That's happened several times, and people got all excited, and it didn't happen. And so it's not going to happen until uh, the Lord decides it's going to happen. But he's not going to tell men, okay, now get ready. It's going to happen today at 12 o'clock. He doesn't do that. I'm always try to, I want to always be ready for him to come. That's why I always eat dessert first at the table. Um, but he could come at any moment. Seven years of the worst history man has ever had with that tri tribulation hour. So many die. And then Christ returns. Blood flows to the horse's bridle. But then he sets up a kingdom for a thousand years here on earth. We call it the millennium. Ruling from Israel. The greatest time the earth has ever known since the garden. And then Satan is loosed because he's been chained in the pit for that thousand years. He is loosed, he goes out and he deceives nations. And people, although they had to stay under the iron rod of Christ, they had not received Christ. And they'll be deceived by Satan, think they can overcome. And then the Lord will destroy them. There will be a white throne judgment. And then the eternal reign of Christ. So that's kind of a nutshell of something that would probably take weeks to preach. But I'm just saying that to give us an idea of what's ahead. Now, years ago, John R. Rice made the statement, 
that there are no signs of the time for today, that all signs deal with things that happened in the tribulation and happen to uh, precede the second advent of Jesus Christ when he actually comes to earth. Now, there are a lot of things that he said in that statement that's true, but not completely true, okay? Uh, and listen, I, I would not put down or say John R. Rice a heretic because I could not shine John R. Rice's shoes, okay? He's, uh, this is a very uh, dedicated man, man that loved God, knew the word, very smart man, and I, I couldn't come close to that. But when there is a difference, you always trust God's word over the word of men, even if they are good men. Paul said those at Thessalonica were more noble than those at, uh, those at Berea were more noble than those at Thessalonica and that they searched the scriptures to see if those things were so that he was preaching. The Apostle Paul, oh yeah. Paul said they're noble because they searched the scriptures to make sure what I was preaching was true. And listen, that applies to me or anybody that stands in this pulpit. Search the scriptures. Make sure that what they are saying is true. That's the way you go uh, by that. Now, you say, well, how would they say just those things and then therefore there can't be signs? Well, how can there be signs? Well, for an example, Russia has a coalition. There's nothing in the Bible that says the coalition has to form after the rapture. <laughs> they can be forming now. Uh, we read the Psalms 83 and we see that group that's going to come against Israel. Those people are already on the same side. They just can't trust each other. But after the rapture, boy, that can just meld together and that, ta uh, that could take place. We can just talk about things in the Bible that do happen during the tribulation that you can see some of those things happening now. They don't have to wait till the tribulation to start. Yet, Sometimes we will read things here and they aren't really uh, what he's mentioning in the Word of God. So that's why we go from the Word and try to preach it as it is to men as they are. Now, here we see that Jesus is preaching. And he uses the days of Noah as an example. The days of Noah are a sign. Now, understand, Noah's day was not a day of tribulation. The world wasn't going through a tribulation in Noah's day. Noah was still walking on the earth in, in, in that day of the flood. It wasn't until he actually went on the ark, the animals there, his family there, and God closed the door, then, the tribulation for this earth started for that day. And those men, people died in that time. So uh, I want you to understand that when we're looking at Noah, his time was not like the tribulation hour is going to be while he was preaching that 120 years. During the tribulation, there's going to be people preaching then as well. Uh, evidently, angels may be used to do that. But, I'm just saying is that when it does happen, you and I aren't going to be here. Okay. And so we see some things that do happen, some things that don't, but uh, we need to get it from God. Now, let's think of Noah's day, and, and I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 6 here in just a few minutes, but 
Uh, we want to see it as it ties in with our text. And that's why I realized this, this week, about Wednesday this week, I realized I'm not going to get all this done in the morning unless y'all want to stay here till 2 or 3 o'clock, okay? Then we might, okay? But uh, uh, we'll come back this evening and finish this up. But uh, as we think on this, I, I want us to look at our text. And, and in this chapter, our text chapter, chapter 24, I'm going to turn back to verses 1 through 3 uh, at the beginning of this chapter. And there it says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, number one, when shall these things be? And, number two, what shall be the sign of thy coming? And, number three, and of the end of the world. Matthew chapters 24 and 25 will be spent answering those three questions the disciples asked of him. We can call this a sermon, we can call it a teaching time, but it could be both as well, okay? So understand, uh, Jesus is the speaker. He both taught and preached. By the way, does, this doesn't make beans, okay? But in the Bible days, the days of Jesus, you'll see him sitting on the boat, talking to the people. Other time you'll see him sitting like here he's sitting. Usually what the teachers did when they sat, they taught. When they stood, they preached. Now, could they preach while they were sitting? Yes. Could they taught while they are standing? Yes. But normal situation, that's what happened. So actually here Jesus, I believe, is teaching. But boy, some of it comes out like, boy, that's good preaching. And so as you look at that, it doesn't matter whether he was standing or sitting as far as we're concerned, it's what he said that is important. And so, as we look at that, uh, we just see that one of those three questions are being answered in chapters 24 and 25. And so, as you read through those chapters, a good study to do on your own is, I wonder what question is being answered here? What question is being answered there? Because it seems like it's a little back and forth in there. So, it, it's interesting to follow that. Now, in verses 40 through 43 of our uh, text chapter, we see things that are happening in the tribulation. And so let me just look at that. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Uh, that's not talking about the rapture. That's talking about people dying in the tribulation. Okay. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. He says, seeing that's going to come, you better be ready right now. That's coming. Be ready right now. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. In other words, the good man of the house, the head of the home, he would have said, okay, Jesus could come at any moment. 
I want to make sure my household is saved and following the Lord. He wouldn't say, well, hey, they're just young people sowing their oats. Oh, come on now. We live in a different culture today. Listen, God is not going to ease judgment, whether it's the white throne or counting the loss at the judgment seat because of the culture we lived in. He gave us a word and he gave us a Holy Spirit. There's no need to turn to the world and its wisdom, its ways. Stick with the word of God. Always stick with the word of God, for it is always right. And so, uh, I don't want my house broken up, so I want to make sure all my family knows the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and, and they walk with Him. And that is so important for each of us. Now, so this is looking at things that are happening in the tribulation. Again, a time in which over 50% of the world's population will die during that time. And we look at verses 37 through 39. And we'll see it in conjunction with uh, chapter 6 of Genesis, verses 1 through 4. Now, let me read verses 37 through 39. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the, to the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, again, looking at that, those things that are happening in the tribulation, these people that are dying, and, and they are marrying and giving in marriage. Now, some people have tried to make that out and say, okay, they're divorcing their wives, and they're doing this, and it's homosexual marriage, it's all these other things. No. They're marrying and giving them marriage. They're eating and drinking. Yeah, it's just one of these big old feasts where they all get drunk and all this stuff. No, I mean, I'm sure they had all of those things. But it's just like life as it goes on today. People marry and are given in marriage. People eat. You get together. You have family fellowships. All those things will be happening. They'll be happening I believe, when the rapture takes place. Okay, and yet he's not saying this is my great sign. Now let me read to you chapter 6, verses 1 through 4 in conjunction with that of Genesis. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply upon the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair. And they took of them wives, of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. And there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men, which were of old men of re renown. Okay, the Lord looks at this, 
And just by reading these first few verses, we see that the world was ready to be destroyed then. God looked upon them and, and, and he says, it, it's ready now. It, it's that bad. But in his grace, he's going to give it another 120 years. Now, so the 120 years uh, he, he's speaking of, It's not necessarily something that has to happen in our day as the days of Noah. And yet, it could be similar to it. I don't think it's typifying the tribulation being 120 years because we know it's seven years. Could it be 120 years before the rapture, people ask. Look, they were on the boat. It took them up out of the tribulation that was happening on the earth. A sign of the rapture. They had 120 years to get on to the boat. Now, some people say, but man, only Noah, his wife and kids were the only ones of humans that were saved during 120 years of preaching. His outlines must have been terrible, you know. Not really. Not really. Uh, Methuselah, Noah's grandfather. Lamech, Noah's father, died before the flood came. But they were alive when Noah was preaching and building. It's quite possible that many got saved during that time. And the Lord took them home. We don't know if they did or they didn't. All we know is eight people got on the ark. It could have been nobody got saved or a whole lot of people got saved. But the point is this. God's people need to preach the gospel until we're caught out. Because there's a world that's on the fast track to hell. And we've got a personal responsibility before God. Noah had a personal responsibility. His family had a personal responsibility. And it's no less for us. And so, that day they had 120 years. I'll say more about that a little bit later. Now, it says their daughters were given and the sons of God married unto the daughters of men. And I've had those that said, well, you mean angels came in unto them and they had some of Satan's fallen angels and they had children through that relationship with them. Well, some think that, but really, fallen angels and women having babies together. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 30 tells us that in heaven... They don't marry or are given in marriage, but they are as the angels. Angels don't reproduce. Every angel, both those that have fallen and those that are in heaven, the good angels, every one was a separate creation of God. They did not reproduce. Man was created, Adam and Eve, by God. You and I are procreation. Other words, through the union of a man and a woman, you and I were procreated. That was God's design. 
Adam fell, and as our representative of this human race, we are born with a sin nature that Adam had. In like manner, there is no sin nature passed from one angel to the other. Each one chose whether they fell or stayed holy and pure. That was up to the angels. Satan tried to get many to fall with him. It's indicated in Revelation chapter 12, perhaps one-third of the angels fell with him. But whatever, whatever it is, angels don't reproduce. However, I do believe that demon-filled men saw the sons of God, the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and they married. Now, I believe that as you read there, you see, oh, they had giants, men of renown. You think devils were involved in that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Realize that devils have greater knowledge than we do. We've come to knowledge of science and reproduction and things of that nature. Oh, yes. But we're catching up with them. They've been far ahead of us in that, as to know how the body works, and yet they did not reproduce. They could not. But could not Satan come upon Job and cause boils? Could not uh, Paul have a messenger of Satan as a thorn in the side? And these were men of God. Yes, that happened. And so, yes, I believe that there were giants. There were men of renown because there were Satan-filled people coming together with the sons of God. And really, what you're seeing, seeing here is something that I think we often miss. And that simply is this. The children of Cain began to marry the children of Abel or Seth. God charged Israel with adultery because she is his wife. The church, when it prostitutes its way by bringing in the world sound, the world standards, and the world ways, God sees it as adultery. Whether it's at a local church or an individual Christian, God sees it as adultery against him. Israel, he called his wife, we are called his bride, and we adulterate ourselves when we go in that direction. Now, that's as it is, folks. But the children of Abel and Seth, marrying into Cain's line, because they saw they were beautiful. And the lust of the flesh took over. I think we have a picture that is often missed today. God hated it when saved were marrying unsaved. And God still hates that today, by the way. I, and you need to know this perhaps, if you don't know it already, I do not marry an, a saved to an unsaved. 
I just don't do that. Now, I have had, and I'll admit this, I've had had that where one got another one pregnant. One claimed to be saved, the other one did not. I married them in my office or in their home because they needed to marry because the Bible says that that man is responsible for that woman and for that child. I did that. It's not something I enjoyed doing. It's something, at least I got to preach the gospel while I was doing the ceremony, and I did that. But, under normal circumstances, I won't do it. So having said that, they came in to the daughters of men, and that's what happened next. And so, what happens? Well, they lose their standards. Everything goes out the door in another direction. And that happened in that day. And so, we see that the angels came into the women, or vice versa, and that was produced, and that turned men's hearts from God. People turn their hearts from God, just like when you allow these various things on the internet, children's phones, the apps, when you allow that into your child's life, you're not going to be real happy when your great-grandchildren are in hell and you're seeing that from heaven. You've got to wake up and just say, now is the time, now is the day. We've got to do what is right in God's sight. We don't want to be guilty of that. Look, wickedness is all through this country. You can see it. Pornography is available to teenagers, children. And we look at the last days before the rapture. Let me just go give you a real quick rundown on that. And we'll continue tonight. But let me just give you a real quick rundown. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, that's addressed to a pastor addressing it to a church. Well, the local church of the last days is not in the tribulation, but there are things of the local churches of the last days. Let's look at it. This also know that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Uh, take a look at this country. What do you think? We're talking about civil war. People are getting loaded up to protect their homes. A good man of the house should protect his home. But it says, uh, and you know, perilous times shall come and we are there. And it says in verse 2, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Holiness has gone out of the churches. Parents have quit using the rod like the Bible said. For some reason or another, we think that man has more wisdom than God on that, and he doesn't. Now you see the world that we're in today that abandoned God's way for these other ways. He says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, Proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Back in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. 
And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Remember, God looks at the heart. And he does judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And that applies to Christians, by the way. At the judgment seat, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, the hidden things. <laughs> well, I didn't have to tell them about that. Man, I got away with that. I told God I was sorry, so that takes care of it. And you didn't make it right with the people. You kept things hid from them. God said it's going to come out. You're going to be ashamed at his appearing. I didn't say that. God said it. If I said it, don't have to believe it. But God said it. You better believe it. Because it affects your life if you're saved. If, if you don't have things right with God and man. All right. Now, so we read there in verse 5 that uh, he said, And God saw that the, their wickedness and so forth uh, was great in the earth. And the imagination and thoughts of the heart were evil continually. Verse 6, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. That it, and, and, and it says, And grieved him at his heart. So again, we not only see that he's telling us what he's saying, he's ready to destroy them right then. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and air the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. They're ready to die right then. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Praise God for Methuselah and Lamech that passed to him the word of God that had been received ahead of that. Amen. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And my friend, because of that, God blessed them. In verses uh, 11 and 12, he says, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Is that going on today? And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh corrupted its way upon the earth. A lot of death happened. Everybody died that was not in that ark. A hard death drowning. Perhaps some got in some high places and thought, I'm safe. The flood would overcome them one point, but... They may have got hit with trees and boulders that were knocked out of place. They knew they were dying. They knew there was nothing they could do about it. When they could have been saved. They could have been saved. They mocked Noah. They made fun of Noah. But the day came. God saw their wickedness. He saw their evil. He saw their violence. All of that was in those days. Our days are like Noah's days. Tribulation hasn't come. But all these other things are going on. You may want to decide to look up. Because these are our days today, it seems like. Like the days of Noah. Seth and Cain's... Sons getting together, the world with the local church, were in Noah's day. He'll go on to say without natural affection, we'll say more about that tonight and some other things in 2 Timothy. But understand, 
That's where we are. So I ask, how many When you think about all of this, how the Lord shut the door and they could no longer be saved. The floods came. And here people perhaps are watching by the live stream, they're, they're listening on the radio, perhaps here in the auditorium, and you're questioning your salvation, am I really saved? And all these things going on around us. When the door shuts, it's going to shut quickly. The rapture's in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. But all those that heard and had the opportunity did not repent and call upon the Lord. One second after the rapture, you know, we say one second after death, it's too late to be saved. But for those that have heard the gospel, had the conviction of the Spirit upon them, and they refused it. They saw they needed to be saved and refused it. One second after the rapture will be too late. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Are you ready to meet God? If you are saved, will you see Him with confidence or ashamed at His appearing? Let's bow our heads, please.